biohacking, performance, mastery, mindset. This is a show about getting better every single day. The Hack Life with Joe Levin. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. This is a monster episode, and what's really cool is it's another in-person interview that I got to do on my trip recently when I w- went to Las Vegas and then to LA, and I got to connect with a really powerful and amazing doctor, Dr. Kate Seuss. She is a naturopath and chiropractor and a TV host and has a lot of experience really in toxicity, but specifically in breast implants. And we talk about the toxicities that, uh, you know, come with breast implants. And, you know, Dr. Kate is a breast, um, she had breast implants at one time, became very sick, became very ill. And she talks about why this can happen for some women, why it happens often, the longevity of breast implants, like the actual reality. And she talks about her explant process, which wasn't easy. And she talks like a lot of women have difficulty finding a good explant surgeon. So she talks about that in this episode and how to navigate those waters because it can be really difficult. We get in to, you know, like in her case, right, you may not have a gel bleed, but you could still have toxicity. And why is that? She gets to these root cause issues and she then she she realized, you know, I, I see all these women and there's some women that do healthy. And why is that? And so she found out, like, you need to actually make a specific collagen. You need to have certain supplementation to activate uh, certain mes- methylation pathways that is most common in most women for their genetics based on their genetics and just based on their lifestyle and what they're not getting and hormones. And so she figured out a way to concoct a supplement that addresses all those pathways, that addresses the specific collagen that you actually need in breast tissue to form a a beautiful encapsulation around the breast implant in case you are someone who wants to keep your breast plant or even, you know, you just want to, you're, you're actually doing really well. You're, you are healthy and you want to keep your breast implant. You're not interested in getting it out. Well, these supplements are for you. And she talks about that in this episode. This is going to be a really, really monster episode. I'm excited because just the other day I saw in the news that Danica Patrick, the famous NASCAR racer, had her breast implants removed. And she talks about, there's several articles that you guys can read. And she talks about why she got it removed and how she's feeling so much better. And so this episode is just perfect timing. I know it's going to empower a lot of women that need to hear this. And I'm really excited. So without further ado, Dr. Kate Seuss. I'm here with Dr. Kate Seuss. Hi, how are you? Great. It's great to be here. Um, it's it's so serendipitous that I get to be here with you in person. Um, yeah. And I always joke around like social media and how toxic it is, but it's so great that um, that was how we connected. And right. then look at it. Here I am, maybe like a year or two years later. I'm like, hey, I just you know quickly sent you a DM. I'm like, hey, I'm on my way. Any chance we and can get together? Out. And we've been wanting to do this for quite a while. And I wasn't ready because I was focusing on building this formula. And now I told you I wanted to wait until it was ready so we could talk about it, which we will. I'm so excited. You, uh, <laughs> your background. Okay. And for anybody that doesn't know is, uh, you know, you're, you're a chiropractor, you're like a functional medicine doctor, right? You, you have a great, you have this new supplement that you just came out. You have your own TV show. You got a lot of cool stuff you're doing. Thanks. And I found out that you're like a badass wrestler too. I, w- I was really good at wrestling at one time, but I think now that would be an inaccurate statement. So <laughs> you were uh, an all-American collegiate wrestler mm-hmm. beating pummeling boys. 
<laughs> I saw you like suplexing somebody in your website. I was oh, like, really? wow. Is yeah. that on my website you saw that? Yeah, it was on yours. Yeah. Oh, that's right. In yeah. my health story, I think I shared a photo. Yeah. So that was the only time in my entire career that I pinned a male wrestler. I beat a lot of male wrestlers in high school, but it was always by points. So I would have to go the full six minutes. And I would always win by like one or two points if I won. So it was really hard to beat boys. But that particular match, he he made a mistake. And I, I did a momentum move. It was kind of like a roll through cradle and mm-hmm. pinned him. But it was in our district tournament. So it was on the news. And like people were taking photos. And I feel bad. For, I'm the poor guy. Uh, <laughs> Don't feel bad. Well, only because it was just so rare sure. that I ever pinned anyone that was a boy. Right. Male and... The fact that it was in this this high coverage tournament, right? Yeah. So it was a good it was a good time. Yeah, and it was all American against girls, and in with against boys, I didn't ever place like in any major tournaments, but I did beat quite a few like in regular tournaments and dual meets, and then against women, I I was a state runner up two years in a row in Florida, so second place. Wow. Yeah. That's where you grew up in Florida. Florida. Uh-huh. Okay. Very neat. Yeah. Um, I want I wanted to ask you. Uh, I'm always really curious, just like your people's story, like how, how you, you got here. Here's your story as a badass wrestler. And now you're like a functional medicine doctor. Like when was the day that you realized like, you know what, this is what I want to devote my, my life to my passion. So it was never obvious. I never thought a health route would be what would happen. I studied fine art and I have a bachelor's degree in fine art painting and, and public relations minor and uh, had sort of a journalism background writing. And then I started working in fashion. It was always these really creative fields. Um, but as I got older, I mean, even just like into like mid twenties to late twenties, I was starting to notice more symptoms, really mild things that drew me into health and natural medicine. And I started, I would say long before I had my health crisis, I was always very interested in natural medicine and learning about quote unquote detoxing. And now that I understand toxicity, I know now I was actually dealing with toxicity symptoms all throughout really my entire life. Oh, wow. But you don't, when you're a child and you have strong genetics and you have a pretty healthy lifestyle, a lot of times you just, these things never don't slow you down. So there was never any warning bells that there was a problem going on. But I, but I like to think about, it's just very interesting. Our, everyone's situation is different, but some people choose to cloud their epigenetic environment with drugs and alcohol or poor lifestyle choices and they function just fine and think that it's okay. But it's just like, we all have to remember, we all have different baselines. So some people who make those choices, like we don't know where they could be if they weren't doing that. Like, could they be an Olympic athlete? Right. Right. And so for me, I just, you know, genetically, I think, you know, it was was I have some good genes when it comes to athleticism and 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 energy and function thank yeah. god and then I yeah. was able to kind of even being exposed to mercury through my whole life I was able to function pretty well yeah so anyways I was getting into health and then I had my serious health crisis after getting breast implants but it took me many years to put that together to realize that the implants coming into my body was what was the assault Mm-mm. I started having symptoms 
within a year of getting breast implants, I started having really severe symptoms, but I still, you know, I, I did think about breast implants, but I didn't know the toxicity profile of breast implants. And I didn't really understand at that time the way pre-existing toxicity affects our ability to create collagen around the implant to wall wall it off from our body. So in my particular case, and in the case of many people who have uh, implant illness, um, they don't do, their body doesn't do a great job of making that capsule of, of scar tissue around the device in the pocket of the chest. So mm-hmm. they, their immune system is able to get into the implant more easily and mobilize microsilicone more easily, like little tiny pieces. So it doesn't really look like a rupture and it's very hard. You can't really see it on imaging, but, yeah. but when you remove the implant, you can tell by the texture of it, if it's sticky, if it has a gel bleed and, and there can be varying degrees of that gel bleed. So in my case, my body started uh, mobilizing that microsilicone pretty much immediately. And then things just started to get worse and worse and worse. And I was not eliminating it. You know, I wasn't detoxing well. I had challenges with detox from mm. my pre-existing toxicity, namely mercury. Now, where was the mercury from? I'm just the curious. The mercury came primarily from amalgam fillings that broke. Mm. So when a person, ex- wow. so a person can have amalgam fillings set in the mouth uh, their whole life, and it will, to some degree, that is impossible to quantify. It will, it will um, vapor off, like mm-hmm. off gas is the term. Yeah. And that off-gassing, it varies based on many factors, like the way it's put in by the original dentist, um, the way you uh, chew gum or have hot liquids, like the all of those of factors. Yeah. <laughs> so, so people will off-gas to some degree, but if a filling breaks in the mouth, like spontaneously, where the tooth crumbles around it, wow. there's really no denying that a large amount of mercury will get mobilized in that incident. And it's the same thing when an allopathic dentist removes a mercury filling with by drilling it out without taking precautions the way holistic dentists do to, to, to damn that mercury. So in, in my case, like I had these amalgam fillings my whole life for sure. They were off gassing again. It wasn't having a tremendous effect on my health. Um, I, I do believe I received quite a bit of prenatal mercury from my mother who also had many amalgams, like a, like a whole mouth of amalgams. And then she breastfed me, which is also a way that mercury is passed. So I started with a high burden. I got my own silver fillings, which were off-gassing, and then I had two of them break in my mouth, one a couple years before I got breast implants, and then one the year right before breast implants. And Mm. even with all of those things, they still didn't take me down. But what mercury does really well is it does a really good job of blocking your detox pathways and and really interrupting your methylation. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the mercury itself will create a lot of symptoms that can be debilitating. And for some people, it just shuts down your pathways enough where you start to collect everything you get exposed to from there on out. So like all of us are getting exposed to metals and chemicals and toxins and pollen and uh, just like, you know, different assaults yeah. all the time. And some people's bodies are very good on just as a da- on a daily basis, as long as you're drinking water and eating healthy and sleeping, you know, you're able to kind of eliminate it as it comes in so that it doesn't yeah. really cloud your epigenetic environment too much. And then in my case, like, like it was just like a big freeway semi truck just laying over the, the freeway of my pathways. So then all this microsilicone starts coming into the traffic jam and I just couldn't do it anymore. And then that was when my symptoms began, like the severe symptoms and that, you know, so. 
I'm just going on and on. <laughs> no, I <laughs> love this. Headphones. It's, yeah. <laughs> I can't hear anything. I know, I know. Sorry. So <laughs> just so you know, uh, I'm missing a chord that would connect it so we could actually hear each other. But oh, yeah. So okay, yeah, no it problem. is a little I know. Yeah. It's like so, I'm talking to myself. Like no, no, you're good. This is great. Um so one of the things you mentioned about the microsilica though when you were talking about that um silicone silicone different than silica but my question is then is doesn't that happen though always like i mean if you're putting something foreign into the body isn't it always going to associate this as like a foreign pat or is there can women get breast implants and it's Safe to do so? Yeah, like- so it's so you do not always have gel bleed. Uh what what happens in a healthy person when what we want to happen is the body is really smart and it sees that this is a foreign object and it will immediately begin to wall it off. So you okay. start making a really nice capsule of collagen that your body builds, right? From raw materials. Yeah. Um, there is many ways that that collagen pathway can get haywire. And one of the primary reasons it happens, well, there's two that I can alert you to. One is an example would be a person who has a disease like elder Stanlos, which is a collagen disease. So these are people who have like hypermobility of tissue that's genetic. Mm. And like, those are people who are, they don't scar very well. And those are people who are also not going to make a great capsule of collagen around a breast implant. So if you have that disease, like I would always, I would never recommend that you put a breast implant or any type of silicone device in your body yep. for that reason. But that's a very rare disease. So it's not common. Um, I did work with one patient who had that though. And it was very interesting real, putting these things together. So there are ways that chemical toxins can almost create hypermobility by deranging collagen and mm. they were that works through the histamine pathway uh hypersecretion of histamine chronically in the presence of toxins or allergens will break down type 4 collagen and will derange your ability to make nice capsule so again we're talking about in a wrong situation but in a in a right situation uh you make a nice capsule of collagen around the implant and it's not too much and it's not too little because if it's too much, it, it, that's a, a negative aesthetic outcome in plastic surgery that we call capsular contracture, which is where yeah. you get this like hardening and like lifting up of one breast. And, and some people do that as well. So we're not, we want to balance collagen and have like a healthy collagen response. So it's not too much. It's not too little. And if you get that right capsule, the immune system will not be getting in as, as easily to be pulling off little pieces of silicone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was then, I was going to ask is, based on your experience and your knowledge, because I have a friend um, and she said, well, there's some, there's some research that suggests you don't get a, you don't get the implants removed. In your, in, oh, in, in well, your understanding, based on everything you know, is, <laughs> is there a debate? Like if someone says like, Dr. Kate, should I get my implants out? Would you say without 100% of the time? Absolutely. So I used to say that, and then I realized that it's this big fight that you get into with people because there's women and people, people who want these things. They want them, and it doesn't matter what you say, and it doesn't matter how toxic they are, <laughs> and it doesn't matter what's been going on with their health. You know, sure. it's just like people are very committed to augmenting. Yeah. This is the reason why the pharma companies that manufacture breast implants were able to get them put back on the market after they were removed from the market it but because of extreme health problems that happened in the 90s the FDA took them off the market 
but they still got put back on the market because these pharmaceutical companies demonstrated a, a demand. Okay. Mm. So I've come to a new place when it comes to augmenting and aesthetics and, and, and I still augment all the time in different ways. And I, I make healthy choices with regard to toxins, yeah. namely because of my talk, my chemical journey and the fact that I have to be more careful uh, now, you know, I still yeah. am detoxing, but, but in any event, people want it so <laughs> we have to meet them where they are yeah and figure out how to coexist and i d- so should everyone take them out you know if you're a woman if you're having symptoms and it's obvious that there's a, a relationship there you know yeah but there's people who are healthy with implants and this is why i made the formula i made because yeah uh, we're gonna talk about that you know yeah. so so we could go on i could go on and on about like the psychology behind sure from a health from a health standpoint, <laughs> though, you would say yes, but you understand you're compassionate. People people are going to make their choices, and so well, meet- I think it depends. Like from a health standpoint, like where the person is in their life, and yeah. if they're prepared to have a serious surgery, it's harder to remove implants than it is to put them in. Yeah, so you know I, better. You, you have a great story about that. Yeah. So, and especially like if you want to take them out with uh, in, using on block ca- capsulectomy, which is a more complicated procedure where they don't open the capsule inside the body, which in my opinion is the better way to do the surgery. But it is it does make the surgery more complicated, and it requires like a certain type of surgeon that has that skill, and it requires larger incisions so so if a person hears that breast implants might have or do have a toxic chemical profile and they start to think that it's probably something that they eventually want to remove them but maybe like they're not ready financially or physically or just their lifestyle they're just not ready so what do we do like how can we mitigate that Mm um so that they're not having fear and panic and and other things that adversely affect your health, like Emotions, thinking, oh, yeah. my God, there might be something really horrible. Well, so it's like we have to just calm down and kind of like address it in this sort of um, systematic, logical approach. It's not about I don't want to instill fear and panic and say yeah. you have to remove your implants. But we all do stuff that's bad for us anyway. Right. Yeah. And we're not like dropping dead if we smoke a cigarette. Right. Doesn't mean cigarettes are good or that. Right. But. <laughs> So. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and I think I always tell people too, it's like, it just depends. Like right now you and I are being bombarded by 5G and EMFs, but it's just like. Not in this office. Not in here, not, in, not in Dr. Talkers. Hank's office. But <laughs> it, it's like, the you, how many cuts, you know, are you really going to take? You just kind of have to kind of figure that out for yourself. Like there's only so much we can do and you have to be like, yeah, you have, there has to be some calmness. Otherwise you're going to go nuts. Um, also though. From what I understand, breast implants can also grow mold pretty easily. Is that right too? And then now you have cyst. Then people are like, I have fibromyalgia. I have all these other kind of symptoms. So I ha- I haven't. Okay, well you can have fibromyalgia from breast implants without it being related to mold. Mm-hmm. Um, mold can be a concern for people with saline implants that were placed. Uh, there were there was sort of an era of saline implants where they were. Uh, there was a mechanism where during the surgery you would kind of fill it through a valve mechanism and. Mm. Uh, the, that valve is not a perfect mechanism. So for some people, it sometimes over time, the valve and then the actual implant, which contains saline, would get infiltrated by pathogens in the pocket. I would say it's not super common. I, it's not something I see a ton of, but for sure, if that happens, you're going to be seeing a lot of issues. Yeah. It's not something that you really know until you explant. If you have a saline implant, so some of the so so some of the more healthy people I've seen with breast implants uh, are people who have the older saline implants 
those are hmm. people who don't are not these they don't have mold in them so oh. let's just say it was they have an older saline implant that does not get infiltrated by pathogens uh just to say that it can happen because that valve mechanism so when you look at the newer ones like they don't have that valve and it's and then especially with silicone filled implants there's no saline water so you would only be looking at mold in a saline implant and in that situation it's rare and then for a lot of people with these older saline implants if they do have problems it's typically an autoimmune problem which only happens usually in people who have this predisposition towards becoming autoimmune. So you kind of have to be wired that way uh, genetically to turn on a disease like that in the presence of a foreign device. So that's not going to happen with everyone again. Different problems with different people. There's different ways that problems can happen and, and, and not happen. So they answer the question with the other, with the other, with silicone filled implants, Mold is not typically an issue. Okay. It doesn't mean that there can't be a pathogen re- situation happening in the capsule and around. And with my sort of naive understanding of breast implant-associated large cell lymphoma, we there's been suggestion that something to do with the texture of implants, like the textured implant, which was the one that was recalled by Allergan, uh, that maybe there's a pathogen attraction when it comes to texture uh i've heard different theories about this so so but again that's not like inside the implant gotcha um now you do have like the vagus nerve which you know travels right through here and it can really there's a lot of mast cells here and uh whenever there is pathogen stuff happening it can really kick off histamine pathways and affect vagal vagal Mm. um neuro you know communication of the brain so okay very cool so I wanted to talk to you then um, about your about your supplements. It's yeah. like, what do you have? You have the solution to all of this. So, so the initial solution or the initial problem I was trying to correct for was, and by the way, all of this happened because when I attempted to go into private practice after graduating and being extremely ill and almost dying, I just couldn't. I could not mm. function in private practice. So I started thinking about like other ways I could contribute and like how I could, you know, in lieu of like treating patients. And also as a chiropractor, I had a lot of women contacting me for help with breast implant illness recovery. So there's a lot of people that remove their implants and are still really sick. And and they try to follow the advice in the, in the support groups. And it's just hard for people, even if they have experience with it, if they don't have a true intimate clinical understanding of like the mechanisms of the body's pathways, yeah, it, it's just hard for them to just they're shooting in the dark to figure out how to get better. We really wanted to help those women. Um, treating them in private practice is a little complicated because of the scope of my practice and uh, the way our medical system is wired. So it's almost like I'm de-incentivized from, well, well, well it's also, you can't treat a disease that it doesn't, that it's an unacknowledged. It's just like very complicated. Yeah. And then if they actually have a disease, like an autoimmune condition or something, it's like you're dealing with a co-management situation and it just, it becomes, it's complicated. Yeah. So I started thinking like, what are ways that I can educate people? And I've been doing that as much as possible through social media and through like shows like this and spreading the word and spent a lot of time doing that. And then I began designing a detox kit that was aimed at addressing the pre-existing toxicity because again, that's that's like usually for most people that are not 
getting a better after explant. It's like, well, what is in your body that's blocking your pathways? Yeah. And like in my case, I wasn't able to even begin eliminating microsilicone until I cleared mercury and lead. And those are wow. the heaviest of the heavy metals. So when you look at the periodic table, like these are really deep in the tissue. They are bind to like sulfur um, in the organs and they're not floating around as readily. It's harder to even chelate them, especially if they're in the brain. Wow. It becomes complicated. So you have to, you know, anyways, uh, so I started making a detox kit and then, you know, there's so many great detox things already on the market that we've all used. And then like the true, the truth is that the real chelators are not even available as supplements. Like these are pharmaceutical products. And my favorite is Mm. not even FDA approved. It's like in trial now it's aramide. Hmm. Aramide. Aramide. We used to call it OSR, uh, but it's available in other countries, so people still get it and take yeah. it here. And I just am like praying like their approval goes through. It's just it's very hard to prove a drug works for chronic mercury when it's hard to test for chronic mercury. It's easy to test for acute mercury, which we don't have prevalently in the United States acute mercury exposure, but in South America and like gold mining, th- okay. that's how they were able to pass. That's how they were able to have approval in other countries. Uh, through those studies of acute toxicity and then showing when they take this chelator at work. So anyways, working, so, so building a really ethical, great, so I just figured like, okay, so I'm going to make this supplement kit. It's just going to be more supplements that people buy and take. And what does it do? You know, I just don't want to like do that. Yeah. So I started thinking, okay, what if we could figure out, you know, and I, t- I was talking to people and everyone was like, like my guy, some of my guy friends that are just like entrepreneur bros that are yeah. not, they are not in yeah. health. And they're like, well, we want them to keep their implants. Like, how do we keep it? And, and just like, and I, I was getting so angry, like hearing yeah. these responses, just like, oh, you guys just don't get it. And then I started thinking like, let me get my ego out of us and like my attachment to like what I want. Mm-hmm why, why fight, why fight this? Like, why not help? And then I was like, well, that would be impossible because they're so bad. Right. But then (laughs) just, you know, through what I was exposed to and learning, I just started to finally like figure out, okay, actually like if, what is it in a healthy person? Why do they really make this capsule and why are they okay? But the truth is there's a lot of people that are really healthy with implants. Okay. And and so it's like figuring out why some people are healthy and why some people aren't and then what are the factors in the middle and then trying to work with supplement regulations which cannot treat or prevent anything right and then trying to avoid talking about a gray area illness which is you're not allowed to even say the word illness when you're talking in supplement terms like that's if that's a flag right mm. so you know it's been a there's been a learning curve and yeah. but, I, but it really did it and and the formula Again, it doesn't treat or prevent. It supports your health with it. But we're we're thinking about ways that collagen might get deranged. Uh, my patent is is all about collagen and the capsule and how to um, how to cre- how to create nice scar tissue capsule in response to an implant being put in your body. Mm. Um, I also supported all of these other things that can go wrong and things I know. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say go wrong. <laughs> you be really like careful how I yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Um, in people who have challenges with detox, the most common thing we see are issues with methylation. So, of course, I put methyl donors, like methylated um, B vitamins. Um, mm-hmm. I included ingredients that help the body remove exogenous estrogens, so chemical estrogens. And those those ingredients are things like calcium D-glucarate, which we know, like when your body does a nice job of wrapping up 
like when the liver conjugates and wraps up these xenoestrogens for elimination, and then you have enzymes in the gut that will then, in an unhealthy dysbiotic gut, then they will unwrap those those uh, packaged xenoestrogens and then put them back in the bloodstream. So it just keeps going in a cycle. So things like calcium deglucrate um, help to downregulate uh, those enzymes. And um, in conjunction with vitamin A, they've been studied for their positive effect on breast health and breast cancer prevention. Um, not that my product is, pr- it's not about that, but right. just to say that those ingredients are great for women's breast health. Um, I included the full spectrum of ingredients that modulate the T regulatory system, which is the system which uh, is most responsible for the uh, support of pathways related to autoimmune disease. Mm. Um, so when we look at someone who has an autoimmune disease, like we try to say like, well, what in their gut is missing? Like, what are they not absorbing that would support T regulatory cells? And those yeah. are things like things that recycle glutathione. Those are fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K things like vitamin C, which re- recycles glutathione, um, glutamine, which I was really back and forth on cause I didn't want people to react, a lot of people are sensitive to thiols and things like that. But then again, this is not for unhealthy people. Like if you're unhealthy and you're having symptoms, like you need to be working with someone and figuring out that plan. This Got is for it. healthy people so that we make sure that they get all these raw materials so that, you know, they support their body and stay healthy. Right. And yes. have the proper responses to foreign devices and foreign chemicals. That's what this product is. Um, and I it think is. I touched on all basically like the three components, uh, so we're talking, yeah, so supporting detox, supporting collagen, supporting the immune system. That's what this formula is. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, as I'm listening to you talk to, I feel like even if you didn't, you could yeah. use this yeah. like, I mean, during the pandemic, this could have been a, like an amazing supplement. <laughs> really? I mean, you're talking about T, T cells and T regulatory. I mean, like that's huge, I think. The truth is that this formula is a really great anti-aging formula for anyone who wants to support their collagen system and, in, in the exposure and, and their immune system in the presence of toxins. So it can really be taken by anyone in like the modern world. But when it comes to marketing and, and you know, a business model it's like i have to say you know we have to find like our real yes niche like base yep. and those are people getting breast implants so yeah <laughs> I can't no, just i love say, that. like everyone needs it but i have had quite a few people who i gave it to that just wanted to support their health and and they really like it and they've seen positive i even had someone tell me and this is not a claim but i have a friend who was having issues with cysts um fibrous like she has a hormonal cyst related to so mm. she started taking this and her cysts went away and Wow. Again, that's not a study, so I'm not saying that the formula did that. But if I were to create an argument for why it would help with cysts, it, it's hormones and it's it's getting rid of the estrogen dominance. So like things like yeah. calcium deglucrate and vitamin A have been studied for their role in helping to balance and like remove those xenoestrogens. So potentially that could have been. It could also have been how we were supporting methylation. It could have been how we were supporting her gut health with the formula. All of those things are are yeah. going to happen. So and in there, the dosage is such that it can be taken daily without overwhelming the body so it can be taken daily without you know nice and then how does it um because you were mentioning like collagen fibers and type four like how does it specifically go after that 
collagen? So, is so it what just it's the, doing the precursors? Is, or? Absolutely. No, it's not. Um, and that's a great – thank you for asking that because this works very different than other collagen supplements that you might see on the market. Vital proteins. I like just yeah, go and throw some yeah, bulletproof coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not giving you collagen. What we're doing is we're preventing your body from breaking down collagen by modulating your MMP9 pathway, which is the histamine pathway. Mm. So when, like we were talking about earlier, when you have circulating chronic allergens or toxins, it's creating a priming of your mast cells to like hypersecrete histamine. And it, our bodies work on priming in many like cellular systems, which we can, you know, talk about in parallel. Like we see this with insulin. I mean, this is why people end up with diabetes because, you know, you eat like one cookie or sorry, you eat one day you eat. Okay. So let's say like you, <laughs> Dr. Hank just walked in and he made me self-conscious because I'm like, <laughs> he's going to check my math on all the pathways. Um, so, so like when you eat a bag of cookies, you're going to secrete a ton of insulin to manage like all that glucose that just came in. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you go and you open the bag of cookies and your brain and your body and your pancreas, you eat like let's say you eat one cookie but your body's like oh she's gonna eat a whole bag so let's just go ahead and secrete all the insulin yeah and so that's what priming is like our bodies love to work on priming and i don't know why it's like this it, the same thing happens with addiction in the brain with dopamine you know you start thinking about an activity that gets you really excited and next yeah. thing you know all the dopamine's coming that's priming and the same thing happens with your mast cells and histamine so when you have this constant circulation of low-grade toxins then people know this like when they have mast cell disorders like they could eat one little thing and their body's just ready to kick it off like, so yeah. what we're trying to do is we're trying to support the integrity of the mast cells and we're trying to dampen that pathway. And the nutrients I included are things that do that. So, so again, when you're hypersecreting histamine, you're breaking down type four collagen and that's how a toxicity patient can eventually over time develop this hypermobility. So there's a lot of crosstalk between, um, the skin matrix and, uh, the brain with an, an IGF at one and I'm not going to go into like, it's too much. That's to a whole into, other but, topic. Huh? But it's very yeah. interesting um, that you can see these traits that we see in elder stainless patients. And you can see these same traits in people who have chronic toxicity and then and hypermobility as a result, which can be reversed in those people in toxicity people. I'm wow. one of them. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you actually a question about the, the X plant process sure but uh, before i do that did, is there anything else that we we should mention about the supplements because um, it's really really you innovative know, uh well you know right now like it's still very much in a startup phase like it is for sale you can go to drkates.com with an s and you can buy the formula um i'm really like looking for feedback from people who take it and also just like anyone who um if there's anyone who has like financial need, I still have bottles, like they'll come in this eco pure plastic. So I can send this to anyone who like wants to help me with marketing and in exchange for a bottle. Cause I still have a couple hundred of these free bottles left. Okay. So you'll get it in plastic. The The one you buy will come in glass. This is actually eco pure plastic. So it'll, it'll biodegrade, but you know, in any both the same, but we, we were talking, we <laughs> like the glass bottle. It looks I like better. the glass better. It looks better. It, does, it looks better. sharp. Yeah. They're uh, both environmentally conscious. Actually, um, have you, I, I know this is like a newer product, but have you been able to see any just, and again, we can't make any claims or anything, but just any like testimonials from other than Absolutely. like the cyst, but like other women oh, with yeah. breast implants, well, like what people, are you seeing? So like what I'm, what I've got, the feedback I've gotten is like people are reporting better energy. They're reporting like better GI function. They're reporting, um, mm. better sleep. They're reporting like some of them are reporting skin changes. Like they have this like tightening effect, which has a lot to do with the, with the collagen blend and how it affects skin. So, you know, um. I would love to be able to do more studies around it, uh, which will come in time as like the company builds and, and as like a partner with people. Uh, we're, I'm working on that 
right now. So Yeah, that's exciting. That's <laughs> yeah. really cool. And I really would like this product to be like in the hands of plastic surgeons who are selling implants because I would like them to go right alongside implants, uh, which I think just makes sense. And there's yeah. really not a product. There's nothing like it. And I'm not really sure that there's very many people in development that truly understand the nature of the problem, like having mm-hmm. experienced it firsthand and been doing research and development in this area for the last six years. I don't, I have not run across anyone else doing that. So wow. I'm sure I'm Very sure cool. the day will come when someone will be like, Hey, look, there's another breast implant formula. And it's going to be like, I'm going to have to deal with those feelings from a business perspective about it, but it's yeah. not bad. It's like the, you know, I want, I want as much help in this space as possible. And I, it's good to remember that. Hey, how about this though? I, I how, why not? And I'm just curious. I'm, I'm not a marketer, but why not name it like breast implant formula? I'm sure. Is well, there is. Like to- something it's, totally it is. against it's that? It's silicone support formula. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the reason I called it Dr. Kate's is because, uh, well, for one, I had no idea if this endeavor would really bear fruit. And so when I yeah. had my angel investment, I was like, you know, this should be at least something. And I'm just telling you like my perspective, like yeah. this is just, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. Uh, but you know, I just, I wanted to, to do something that would help, that would help like the, the just grow the mission and yeah. like, and silicone support formula is underneath. That's just smaller. I want to make more products. So that'll come in time. Yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> but you know, the neat thing is that it, yes, it says Dr. Cates, but you are the brand. Like yeah. you've gone through it. Like yeah. not many people can say that. And like, even just hearing your story of like, I mean, even to, even when you realize like, oh, I want to get the, 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 the implant out, that was just such a, a difficult, um, journey as well like people were saying sorry you can't you did an mri and it showed actually there's no leakage like what's the problem right there is no leakage um and so i think you flew to florida to get it uh removed and then they said you can't and then you had to fly back yeah yeah. it's really a journey maybe you could talk about that yeah like my explant everything that happened around explant was just the most it was so crazy and and it was, it was a really like bad time, like medically for me in my life. All, all, everything went wrong in my body, but, mm. but yeah, explant can be challenging. A lot of women, this is what I see. And this happened with me. Like sometimes women, by the time they're, they get to explant their, their health is in such crisis that it can become challenging to have a surgeon. Now, remember, this is not like a heart surgeon or someone used to dealing with someone with disease or even really, uh, uh, from a malpractice perspective, like supported to the, do those types of surgeries. So when you're talking about an elective plastic surgery, this is not something that's usually done on really sick people. So like, usually people who are sick, they're going to be like told, we don't want to operate on you like by, a, by an aesthetic surgeon. So again, these are not surgeons that are set up to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So it gets really complicated in explant because the only people who are super qualified to do an explant are, are these aesthetic surgeons, right? Mm. So I see a lot of these women getting turned away by plastic surgeons. And of course, there's a subset of mastectomy, uh, cancer specialist surgeons who some of them are doing explant and on block. But again, they're not used to working with as much with breast implants. It's just really complicated to find like the right expert. So a lot of these women, they just sometimes are turned away by sur- plastic surgeons when they need to explant. And in yeah. my case, I, I had something kind of like that happen where by the time I got to the surgeon I had initially chosen, I had gone through this horrible event of like what we thought was trigeminal neuralgia and I had lost like maybe like 10 or 15 pounds. So I had like no fat 
And then um, there was a very, very tiny, thin, paper-thin scar tissue capsule. And so the surgeon was super concerned about, one, not being able to do on blocks, uh, also like perforating like another part of my body, the outer part. is just no fat really to buffer. Um, so I uh, ended, ended up doing the surgery with Dr. Jay Chung, who's probably like the most famous explant surgeon. And I didn't want to see him because he was more expensive and I was a student. And I was really trying to go like the budget route and yeah. it just ended up being like something I had to prioritize. And 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 he did a he did a perfect on block capsulectomy in 50 minutes that I was under. Wow. So and he told me prior probably won't be able to do on block because of the situation. So manager expectation but he still did it so he's like so if you're a complicated case like go to someone like him you know there's a handful of people that are like him in the scene but he's a microsurgeon and he's just so experienced so if you were like you know talking to surgeons about it and they say oh yeah, yeah I can do that just try to like get some photos of previous surgeries and most of them are being really transparent and they're sharing all of their on block success photos mm-hmm and you can find out very easily. And I remember the the surgeon in Miami that I was initially going to see, like he had said he went and he was scrolling and scrolling, trying to find a photo for me. I was, and just couldn't find one to show me. And he finally found one. It was like, oh, here, this is this is one I did. And like Dr. Chung, it's like his Instagram is hundreds of just. Okay, so on that note about the explant, I'm curious um, for women out there that are interested in doing this, and you gave some good recommendations, but like, is there a website or is there something that they can do or would you just recommend like if this is something they're serious about like go here and then start your journey or go to Dr. Kate's website. She'll, so you know. my website is not super like I've done some things on Instagram. Most of like the content where I've, I've t- has been in podcasts. So if they visit my Instagram, there's a link trade that I included a link to the website Healing Breast Implant Illness by Nicole. And that's sort of like the foundational explant support group and breast implant illness support group, which I was part of when it was really small. It was like under 10,000 women. And now it has like over 100,000 members. Wow. And like inside that group, there's just like, there's people who have firsthand experience with everything you could possibly go through from breast implant associated large cell lymphoma testing, which is like sometimes needed prior to explant. If like they have this cancer, that's it's rare, but you know, they need to have, it's just, there's so much, there's so many like different things that they should know. And even if it's a simple explant where the person's re- reasonably healthy, just tips about like what type of pillow to buy. And like, you know, there's a lot of people that mm. they just are in there all the time supporting women through that process. Like I'm not so much working with that. I'm more in like the weeds of a chronic toxicity and how to support that on a cellular level. Yeah. Um, it's not that I'm not interested in helping people with explant. I am, but uh, there's just so many like caring women and wonderful people in that group that they can really like lean on for that emotional support, which can be so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And also like finding surgeons, finding the lists of surgeons that people have gone to that are, were good and stuff like that. So I think that is super helpful. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's the, I, and I'm only asking this. I have a friend who has implants and wanted me to ask you this. Okay. Is, is there like a true lifespan of um, oh. of of implants that you could yeah. you say? Do we know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think the lifespan concept is a little bit BS. Uh, but they will say ten years is the official answer. That's not that long. It's, I mean, 10 years goes by like that, you know, before yeah, you got to get Yeah, I don't them. really think that they know because it's like everybody's body performs differently. So we can we can guess what happens in the body. The truth is there have not been long-term studies. So when uh, Allergan and Mentor first uh, 
applied for approval in 2005 or six. I think it happened in 2006. So they must have began their studies prior. They had two or three year studies and they promised the FDA they would finish them and they were supposed to be 10 year studies. Um, uh, the FDA gave them a design that they wanted them to follow because, you know, they were trying to do it right the second time around after the horrific problems of the 90s, the 80s and 90s. Uh, So everyone kind of got back in the game with good intentions, but then those studies never were finished. So we still don't have that information. And part of the new lobbying in the last few years and the legislation changes have been around getting those studies back going. So as far as I know, they're, they're now finishing them or they're supposed to be finishing them. So we have to just hope that they do and that we get more information about lifespan. But, you know, um, 10 years and like looking at, you know, regular MRIs uh, every couple years, you know, and being careful with um, mammograms. And I would avoid IV contrast if at all costs, if if possible. So it's not necessary to have contrast. Mm. And and I, I I know that that's like a personal decision between the doctor and the patient, but I personally have seen gadolinium contrast like remaining in the body longer than it's supposed to with these breast implant illness women. Again, they're challenged with eliminating. So yeah, and and we know this about gadolinium. Like if you have any kidney clearance problems, you're not allowed to get gadolinium contrast. It's contraindicated. But you know, getting these MRIs can really tell you if there's a bad rupture. They're not going to show you gel bleed though. So. Mm-hmm. Which is what you had. It's what I had. Yeah. There's never a simple answer to things like that. So I would imagine that that could be really common. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting reading your story. I always thought too. Oh yeah, the rupture, obvious. But like, women could be having these symptoms, and just like it's like constantly just like scraping them every day, and they just don't know, right? Absolutely. And it's like an all day, all night thing. Whereas like when you're choosing consciously to consume things that are bad for your body, like usually you yep. have this like eight hour sleep window that you can detox and eliminate or at least not be consuming. Like even you look at like people who have addiction to alcohol or other substances, like they usually don't consume those substances 24 hours a day. So even those people are eliminating. They get to detox. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, whereas when you're when you're battling the toxins that come from implants, if they are mobilized, mobilizing severely, you're, you don't get any break from it. So you can see the onset of like these epigenetic switches much faster. So potentially a disease that wouldn't manifest until you're much older might happen when you're younger, just due to like the clouding of your internal mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. Are, are there any symptoms that you see typically for just the majority of women that's like very common and like, oh, you it's probably has to do with like, this is, this would tip me off to say that yeah. you're not doing, this isn't healthy for you. Yeah. Cause we were talking about in the beginning, like for some women they do great. For yeah. some others they don't. I would say things like joint and, and muscle and body pain in the absence of like a diagnosable autoimmune condition against the joints. Like even though if you do have that autoimmune condition, like rheumatoid arthritis or lupus or um, scler- scleroderma, uh, any uh, other connective tissue ailment, uh, and you have breast implants, like that's, there's a very clear relationship there, like that we've seen time and time again. But if you have that body pain and joint pain and fatigue and brain fog, which kind of like seem to go to collect collectively in this fibromyalgia yeah. umbrella diagnosis and, yep. and, and fibromyalgia is like a, we don't know diagnosis. Yeah. So if you have that type of thing going on and you have breast implants, like I would be thinking really about the implants, okay. especially like in the absence of any other disease that can be found. Yeah. But then the, it's, it's sort of complicated because if you find a disease 
and it's like a chicken and eggs. You could have a disease before you get implants, but like sure. it's going to be really hard for you to get that disease managed and under control and like in reverse when mm. you are fighting like an internal toxicity. Yeah. So. Love that. Okay. You know what I found really interesting about you is that when I was looking at your website, you had all these selfies uh, from the beginning like, oh. of your journey. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, wow, I, I'm was, I'm, I was just amazed. Like, did you know at like the time, like I'm taking these because I'm like watching myself. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to like cognitively <laughs> be like, I'm going to take photos of me being sick. And like, but like, I don't, I almost like wonder, like, did you know, like, I'm going to heal myself one day, but you had so many and it's actually really helpful because if I'm someone that is, you know, wanting to learn more about, um, you know, honestly, like what you have here, your product and just where you've gone and like to see your journey from, you know, this lack of vital force to this vibrancy, like it's yeah. actually really helpful. Yeah. But I mean, I know in my, my, for myself, there's no way I would have been like, I'm going to take some selfies of myself. Like, I feel like crap. And like, well, I yeah, think, I thought that was I interesting. Some of the photos that you saw were just photos, not selfies. So yeah, it was like yeah. things from that were around. Um, I remember specifically taking photos of myself when I was having my like quote unquote trigeminal neuralgia crisis. Yeah. Because we we did not know why it was happening, and all of my colleagues were like, like I was in a state of crisis, and. Yeah they were like, send me a photo of your face. Like they were looking for asymmetries and we were trying to figure out what was going on. And it ended up being a tooth, like a root canal that had abscessed insidiously. And mm. it, it abscessed the particular tooth was right next to the trigeminal nerve branch, uh, where wow. it loops under it, the, the, this foramen right here. Mm -hmm. So, so we, and we had explored a dental connection and the dentist had cleared me and said that it wasn't my tooth, which, you know, that was, yeah. that ended up, yeah. we, we circled yeah. back on that. <laughs> but yeah. at 35 days later, after like extreme, extreme tormenting 24 hour day, like extreme shock, like pain from the trigeminal nerve getting lit off from the, from the peripheral tooth. But but yeah, those those ones that you probably saw, you were like, and I remember I took a selfie before I explanted. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a big thing in the community that the women like to take their selfie and then they take one immediately after surgery. And yeah. you see this clarity in the eyes wow. and you see this like sort of lifting of, of even the complexion. Yeah. Um, but it tends to be like a honeymoon window and then usually it's followed by a period of, t of detox. So yeah. so when and then the same thing happens at amalgam removal where when you do like a healthy good amalgam removal they have this honeymoon period of energy and then usually the symptoms return as now the body feels like it can begin eliminating what's stored mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that answered your question no that was like great it could just be like somatic narcissism at its finest but no, this is no, the culture that's definitely not what i meant and i think maybe <laughs> if you thought the word selfie but i just meant it was actually really helpful the and i was so yeah okay. i was really like i'm like man that is amazing that I, again, I always think like things happen for a reason. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very believer of like just source energy and, and mm -hmm. just like that, that connection vibration. And, and so anyways, when I saw it, I was like, wow, like that's amazing that <laughs> she documented this because it's so helpful to see who you were then and like who you are now. And like, it gives really hope a lot to women. And I, I thought it was really cool, but I just thought, man, like I know for me, I, even if I thought like one day I'm going to beat this and like, I'm going to show people like, this is how I was. Right. I don't think I would have cognitively been able to do it. So I just thought it was, I thought it was great and I'm yeah. glad you did. So. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I think I had to like hunt for a lot of that when I was putting together that story. It wasn't like, it yeah. just was like, oh no, yeah, it wasn't just it like was... perfectly in your iPhone. No, right. No, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. But, but yeah, as I guess I'm, pr I came from like a fashion and photography background and was sort of like in the habit of of documenting yeah <laughs> so yeah that's yeah, great yeah um i wanted to 
do some lightning round questions with oh, you. Oh, okay, great. But before I do, okay. is there is there anything else that you wish I had I had asked you? No, I think you like you're a great question. Thank you. I really great. Like I've never been asked a lot of these questions, so it's kind of cool. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um well, I'm curious if if the old you could see the new you. Ah. Uh, what would the new you say? If the old me could see the new me, is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. What would the basically what would the new you say to your old self? What would the what would I say to my old self? Yeah. Okay, because that's a, <laughs> I know, it's a it's a tricky question. I always have to rephrase it. I know. So I've I've answered this so many times, but each time I give a different answer because there's so much you could say, right? For sure. And of course, like we're not trying to live with regret. Um, one of the ways I answered in the past, I said, you know, there was super dark windows of time, and I wish I had been able to tell myself, like, you know, you're gonna get through it, because like there's a lot of despair when you're really in the thick of things, and yeah. you don't see the light, and you don't know what's coming. So it's so important to like not lose faith, and like trust life, mm. and just like this is something like it would be helpful to tell myself today. Like we're always there, right? We're always like like what keeps you going what where so that's always good i'm just trying to think if there's anything new i can come up with that i would tell myself (laughs) now at this point today uh it's just like maybe to relax a little bit like (laughs) just i can relate to that just like there's no huge rush like nothing is as serious as you think in the moment like time heals like time moves forward so those are the lessons right i love that (laughs) what uh what are some choices that you think you made that you think made you who you are today? Well, all of them, obviously. <laughs> yeah, you're here. <laughs> We're all like a yeah. consequence of all the choices that we make. That's yeah. all we are, right? Is a consequence. Is there, is there one though that just stands out to you? Um, maybe it was even just childhood or just your determination to like push forward or just to not give up or so just I, anything. I, I had this really interesting experience earlier with Dr. Scott, who was here, who's a network chiropractor and he does a lot of like intuitive energy work and something that he brought to my attention today which was just so powerful was he was telling me like look like half the people I see draw from their past experiences to push them forward and the other half draw from like the future and what could be and like the Mm. promise of like the future yeah then he was like you're one of those people and now I'm like thinking about it and trying to absorb it it's true it's like when you need power in the moment what do you draw from that gives you strength and you can draw from the past and like what you've accomplished, which I don't do, but like, I guess, and it's true, like drawing from like the optimism of what you want to be and what you want to build. And I think that's Mm -hmm. like something I could thread through my whole life. It's always been that way. And part of it is just that I have like a natural excitement about the unknown and, and adventure and yeah. so I think that has been like the driving factor in all of the things I've done so like things that scare me are the things I'm most attracted to wow unless it's like emotional fears and then that's like a whole other like <laughs> I need to get a therapy yeah. for that but yeah. when it comes to just like regular experiences if it's scary I usually like want to like uncover it and do it so yeah wow that's yeah. great I'm curious, you know, you're such a force in the wellness world with everything you're doing. Thank you. I don't know if that's true, but I thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think so. Thank you. That's really sweet. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm just curious, like who, who inspires you? Who do you, who do you follow? There's, there's, okay. I mean, there's well, some great people in this start? office. I'll yeah. Tell you that, Dr. But... Hank has been like a huge like mentor. Um, also Dr. Pompa, like I would not be here today if it wasn't for him. He completely changed my life. He's the one who taught me about mercury toxicity. I didn't mm. even know I had it. 
um, until I met him. And, and so he's like, I don't even understand like what our relationship is because he's sometimes feels like he just, I don't know. He's just this, and he's probably does this for so many people. Um, he's just so like phenomenal. Um, mm. uh, I'm thinking about who else there's so many people. No, that's fine. Like, one, even one, I mean, uh, so, so I had really great teachers in school. Like there were some really, really great people. Dr. Brandon Lindell was the person who I learned about fibromyalgia and silent ruptures and breast implants from, which I don't even think he, he just said it really qu- quick in a, in an immunology seminar. I don't think he even understands. Like I tried to tell him after the fact that he just was like, okay, cool. <laughs> but it stuck uh, with you. It was like yeah. the piece, right? Yeah. Um, Sarah Russell, who's a kind of like mercury expert in Italy. She's been like a phenomenal, she was like the mm. only person who added an ingredient to my formula. Wow. So I, and I credit her cause it's like a by women formula. Like I made the formula myself. Everyone's always like, Oh, so who made the formula? Like who? Cause like they know I'm like, I'm talking to all these brilliant people, but I just have to like, no, I made it. But Sarah Russell did add quercetin. And I was like back and forth about quercetin cause I knew it was like great for MMP9, but she was like, definitely yeah. add it. So Okay. That's <laughs> She's awesome. really great. And she does health coaching for people from Italy. Um, it, uh, uh, Dr. Boyd Haley, who's the person who invented aramide, which is the drug that's in, um, and, and of course, uh, Dr. Jack Miller, who introduced me to the work of Dr. Boyd Haley and his mentor, Dr. Lee Cowden, um, are people whose work, like, I wouldn't know anything I know if it wasn't for them. So, um, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Dr. Shane Morris, who owns the lab that tests my formula, phenomenal, like person, like I like just love everything he does. So, yeah. So cool. Um, I'm a big reader. Are there like a top one to three books that like stick out for you that you're like, you know what? Anybody who's listening, they should they should read those. Well, books. what do you want to learn about? It depends. There's like a million books. I know, and I hate that because I was asked the same question, <laughs> and I'm like, where do I go? There's so many in personal development that had an impact on me, and then there's so many in the health world. Okay, so um, so as far as like Mercury, like even though Andy Cutler's method, like I think it's problematic um, to follow religiously there's still great takeaways. So he has a book called the Mercury Detoxification Manual. And I think it's such a great cliff notes for anyone who wants to really understand Mercury. Like, where did mm. I get it from? Okay. Why do I have it? Like, am I eliminating it? What should I avoid that could make me sicker? Super important because most of the things that work for people, like gut cleansing, you know, like something that you think is going to really help you. And maybe yeah. your natural health practitioner wants to start there, but you're toxic. It's going to make you sicker. So it can really help people. Um, and then for me, like the work of Carolyn Mace is, who's a medical intuitive and she's been like, she's uh, had books since like the nineties about the spiritual cause of like disease and the way like our chakra systems work in conjunction with our organ systems and mindset around health and healing and like why people don't heal and contracts around like our choices and like things, all of those things. So I just every time I listen to her work I have a new experience of what it means and it really like illuminates or like she says animates uh my experience so for me that she's been really amazing so I love that Mm -hmm. um a couple more questions we'll wrap it up okay what um do you have any like hacks or rituals or practices that you do on like a regular basis sure so many tons (laughs) I mean we're just Uh, here in Dr. Hank's lab I mean there's like 20 different hacks you could do here but so obviously like it's just there's so like the really basic things uh I kind of like after becoming an expert at like all of the things like all of the nutrients and herbs and things I really just think that we're coming to a place where 
it boils down to like these really basic things that are unfortunately not as accessible as they should be. Like for example, using something like platelet rich plasma of your own cells in an IV. Like I feel that if everyone who went to the hospital with anything wrong were to just immediately get an infusion with their own PRP, that it's like, <laughs> you know, when I had COVID, that's what I did and it fixed me. Like it was yeah. like instant. Yeah. Um, this is like in your own cells. So when you pull blood out of the body, like if you donate blood, you are, and I'm explaining what was explained to me by Dr. Rafael Gonzalez, who I should have also mentioned, phenomenal mentor. Um, when you pull blood out of the body, it immediately starts to signal the bone marrow to start to release like these growth factors. And so even if you just donate blood, you're going to get a physiological boost the following day because you're mobilizing all these growth factors from the bone. And when you, when you remove blood and then you separate it and you take your platelets, sorry, your PRP, which is a platelet rich plasma that is and, and, and usually it's like later in the blood draw because remember you're getting that mobilization. So there's factors in how to remove the, the plasma correctly and how to um, separate it correctly and what the person should and shouldn't consume that day. And there's a lot of research you can find online or on PubMed, like things like caffeine don't want around that draw. But yeah. anyways, just taking that PRP and then your own your own vital, like it's amazing, right? And yeah. you put it back in your body and it, it's ev- it can even be like blood doping. So you could use it for just like... You know, if you're gonna, if you want to like feel like really Lance good Armstrong. one day, what? <laughs> like Lance Armstrong, right? Well, I would say don't do it, it ethically if you're competing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you just need to feel good for a particular event, yeah, um, or something. Uh, so that's like some, that's a recent thing. I'm just like, whoa! If we were just all do utilizing our PRP more, obviously stem cells. <sighs> It's so complicated, and I know there's a lot of bad players, and we don't regulatorily. It's difficult, but if you get good quality stem cells in an IV, I mean, I think it's not going to touch your toxicity if you have it. You have to you have to clear yourself. But when it comes to regenerating the body, yeah, stem cells like stem cells. That's it. I Done. hope to God that these become more accessible yeah. in the future. So it's like these simple things and then you could do these simple things and then not spend years and years and years like tinkering downstream with pathways and yeah. trying to get the right little like uh, enzymes to convert, but you know, it's, you know, it's sunshine. Okay. Like nature, all, you know, I, I, I'm not going to like go over basics. I was yeah. just trying to think about some things. There's, there's some really high end stuff that, that, that is, and I love that because you are a biohacker. You got all the you. You're in here doing all cool, this cool stuff. But at the simple level, simplest level, like someone who you who's like geeked out on these. In, I think you reach this point where you're like, you're such an expert. Like you said, you're like, wow. But if people just did these things, they would probably be pretty good. So they I like, could probably I like avoid that, that like balance. a lot of the like this. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, well, maybe you just need a stem cell. Maybe you just need to like chelate. And then clear your gut because anyone with chronic anything ends up with GI everything. I did a fecal matter transplant three times. <laughs> wow. was needed, you know, like I was dysbiotic from all the, so that was huge. But, wow, you know, if you just clean the gut or clear the toxicity, clean the gut and then regenerate with the right things. Yeah. That's like one, two, three, right? Yep. Love that. <laughs> it took me like years to figure that out though. Many yeah. years. Though. Thank God though. Cause that, that was your journey and now you get to help others. Do Just it go faster. faster. Yeah. Hopefully, I hope. Hopefully, yeah. Not. Yeah. Obviously, thank you so much for for being on the show. And so, last but not least, where can people find you and everything that you're doing, all the exciting products that you're working on? So, the website for my formula is drkates.com. D r k a y t e s.com. 
or they can just search probably for silicone support formula and they'll probably find it and or instagram at dr kate and there's uh, you know you could find all the other stuff like in the link tree yeah awesome dr kate seuss thank you so much for being on the show Thank you so much. Like, I feel really, like, filled up by this conversation, and you made me feel, like, really good. Thank you. I appreciate everything you're doing. (laughs) Honored. Thank you. Okay. All right. That's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Hack Life. And if you did, please share this episode on social media and then tag me at Joel Levin Coaching. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so that you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. Thanks a ton, guys, for the support. 